0: Hello,
1: my name is Mai Romero, and this is the Good Stuff In Between podcast. If I could only read your mind With superhuman power Life would be a breeze sometimes The good stuff's in between the lines My thoughts and my feelings Still tell a thousand lies But now you're taking away my sorrow You're taking away my fear We're not promised tomorrow So let me hold you close, my dear Thinking about the past while we're building for tomorrow Nothing's gonna bring me
2: down ooh, ooh. Hello there and welcome back to the Good Stuff In Between podcast with me, Sean Milne. In this series, we're going behind the scenes of the music industry. We're seeking out stories and asking advice from those at the very heart of making it happen. In episode 3, I was very lucky to get to chat with My Mamero. An Irish singer-songwriter, originally from Belfast, but who moved to Glasgow when she was 18, has been making her own brilliant brand of alternative folk music ever since. She shares the story of starting from the ground up, having the courage to make that first leap, culminating eventually in the breakthrough single, Freckles, her debut EP, Good Grief in 2020, which propelled her onto BBC airwaves, followed by her first album, Almost Home. She's funny, she's talented, she's revealing, and she explains how she found not only her feet in music, but her freedom to enjoy.
1: So let me hold you close my dear Nothing's gonna bring me down No thinking about the past while we're building for tomorrow Nothing
2: Bellar Jump Festival. Yes. You played yesterday. I did. This morning you've just done Net Sounds. Yes. How does it feel?
0: It feels incredible. This has been a long-held dream of mine to play in festivals, so to be here finally is just a dream come true. Is
2: this your first festival?
0: It's not my first festival, but it's my first, um, I suppose, bigger one, where I got to be on a proper stage and things like that with my solo project. Um, So it's been really great to come here. For my own work.
2: For people who maybe aren't as familiar with their own work as others, tell us a little bit about yourself. How, how did it all begin? Where are you at now?
0: Yeah, so I spent a long time writing songs and not telling anyone about them. <laughs> and then finally, when lockdown came around, I decided to finally release my own music and not just sort of play in other people's bands. So I released my very first single, Freckles, in 2020. And then from then, I've just released an EP and, and my debut album, Last year in September.
2: And how did that go down?
0: It went really well, yes. Yeah. It's, it's been met with such support and positivity and love, really, which has been so great as someone who's so nervous to finally share their songs with the world, yeah, a
2: really good time. The idea behind this podcast is in part to learn everybody's stories, but also to Figure out how things are done for those who are on their own journey. Mm. You're further ahead than others, mm. perhaps not as advanced as some of the big stars we've yeah. seen so far. What would you say is the the main motivation for you, and the main challenges you've had to overcome? Oh,
0: that's a good question. I think the main motivation for me was just this, like thing that in my gut that I had to do it, I can't quite explain it, I just can't not write and I can't not create. And then the motivation for actually then sharing it with people I think was actually to be here, like these, this, these exact opportunities to just be with people and build up community and, and share art with different people and just have that network of people around you doing similar stuff and having fun and having a laugh. Um, so my songs are quite serious and quite sad a lot of the time. So I think another motivation is to kind of just get it out, like package up the chaos or the, the things I don't quite understand my, about myself or the world in a way. And then sh- it's been it's so nice to share it and get feedback from audiences and listeners about what it means to them and what it could be about something completely different for them. So I absolutely love that.
2: Do you remember when you first started songwriting?
0: Yeah, I mean, I wrote, I think, I've really come to realize that like I've done it since I was a kid, but I would just sort of like narrate my life. But I thought I was just being silly. But I'd be like, I'm doing the dishes, and then you know, and just doing silly little songs to myself. But at the time, I thought I was just playing. And then I took songwriting seriously, maybe quite late in life, I suppose. Like 21, 22 was when I started putting pen to paper and just trying to actually write the song that I like.
2: And was that you or was that encouragement from like friends or other people? No,
0: I really do think it was me. I think I was, well, I was also extremely lucky to be, like, once I came to Glasgow, so from Belfast originally, when I came to Glasgow, I didn't really know a lot of people in the music scene of doing music, and then when I started meeting people doing it, that was my huge inspiration of like, oh, if they're doing it, like, maybe I could just do it too, you know, I'm finding that just like watching pals on stage with their bands and having the best time and just like, you know, yeah. And I was just stood there being so proud of them, but also like a little bit like what would I want that too? So eventually I went after it, it just took me a minute.
2: So you said you're quite slow in sharing your music, letting people know what was there. Was there a particular moment you thought, I'm just gonna do this? And if so, how did you do, who did you ask, what did you do?
0: Yeah, I was very, very lucky during lockdown. I joined a songwriting club, it was called Sunday Songwriters and each week we got given two challenges and then on the Sunday you just recorded your tune and then we all shared it. And I think the amount of positive feedback I got in that environment and the amount of help and suggestions and, but it wasn't really critical, it was really just friends coming together to like keep each other going in their creative journeys. That was a huge push for me to believe that I actually could do it. And then from there, every, sing- like every single part of the process has been like, I'm learning a thing. So for the first single, it was like, I'm going to learn how to email the radios. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Or I'm going to learn how to produce this song. I'm going to record it myself. And I'm going to give myself the challenge of like, it has to have five instruments in it. and. Then I'll learn how to speak to a mix engineer and I'll learn how to... So that was how I gave myself permission and not be paralysed by the fear of it all. Because I think if you do look at it as a whole, it seems completely impossible and and exhausting and really big. But because I took it as I know you're learning how to do this, it took a lot of the pressure off myself. How
2: does somebody go about recording an EP, let alone just a single?
0: Yeah, so I got myself... Well, because I, I do community work, so I have a little bit of experience of recording and producing other people, but I started really simple. I got an interface and I got a doll. I used Logic, and I plugged it in, and a cheap mic and a keyboard, and I just started there, and then building up the sounds and giving myself permission to play. Like, I think for ages the reason I didn't start doing it was because, like, I didn't know how to do it but you're not going to know how to do it till you do it. And I used to hear it when people said that, actually, because I was like, that's not helpful. But yeah, giving myself permission to just go onto the door, try out a sound and press a thing and see if it works and see if I like it. And then slowly, slowly build from there.
2: And is that in part influenced your style of music? Yeah. It's not just vocals. It's about sounds, yeah. it's about nature, it's yeah. about yeah. sea. It's quite experimental, I think, mm. is how you
0: described it. Yeah, I think when you're starting to think about things like production, I think, you need to follow the things that you like and care about i think that's what stopped me in the past as well i would look around and be like well i can't sing like this person and i can't play keys like that person and i can't just like that and i would never be able to write that but like the minute i stopped trying to do that and i just started literally playing like a kid with lego my favorite blind my favorite podcaster is called blind boy and he talks about that a lot like it's like kids don't criticize when they're playing and I think that has influenced the sound because I did have a really good time going and recording a river and then plugging it into the DAW then, doing silly stuff with it and seeing what happened and, yeah. So, um, yeah, it felt experimental to me at the time, even though it's quite, in a lot of ways, quite sparse, gentle music, some of it, so.
2: And what about the album, was that a similar process or did that involve other people?
0: It was mostly myself. Um, I kind of made it all in my flat. And then I was extremely lucky to get uh, a bit of support so that I could work with Inga Thompson, who's an amazing, amazing folk person, producer, singer, songwriter, just amazing woman. And she really took me to that next level of like, how do we make this project like uh, a cohesive piece of work versus just a bunch of songs on an EP. and I would be like, I really want to make this sound happen. Like, I really wanted to use glitches and stuff. And I didn't know how to do it. And she's like, I don't know how to make glitches. And so she helped me make certain sounds in it. And then I um, asked a few people I know to record the instruments, like the drums and bass and stuff on there. So they did that for me. But I took it all together, and I then lined it all up and got it to a place where I was pretty happy, like a posh demo. Um, and then we took, we went up to, watercolour studios to record the vocals because yeah it it is centered around the vocal that was my most the bit I was most keen on getting right and then Gary over at State Room Studios mixed it so I think that's another thing I've learned through that Inga really taught me during the making the album process was like uh, you don't need to you don't need to learn it all at once you can get help, (laughs) like don't feel like, if you're calling yourself a producer, you don't need to also be amazing at mixing just yet and all that stuff, so that really helped out.
2: And how did you get it out there? Was it like word of mouth? Did you go crazy on social media? Did somebody help give you a leg up?
0: I I got some um, mentoring from someone who knows a bit about PR and she kind of taught me, Quite to write an EPK, and like, how to email radio stations, and I'd done it, Freckles had done really well before, which I was very lucky about, my first single. So I had a few connections from that time that they played my other songs as well, and like, the Ronnie Hart show and places like that. Um, and then I just, e- like, up at 6 a.m. every morning for months on end, emailing people and asking them to listen to it, write about it, support me, and do what I could to get it out there, so. Like it definitely didn't like it wasn't like a massive blow up thing, but I'm really proud of where it's got me compared to where I was before. Like, so because I'm fully independent, so I'm just like that was the album was that I'm going to learn how to do that side of it, how to make connections within and press press and blogs and how to get and how to run a marketing campaign for it. So I did silly little yeah social media things to try to raise a bit of hype about it, I suppose.
2: Is there anything? knowing now what you do, you would have done differently or you would have done as well?
0: That's a really good question. Um, I think for the most part, I'm pretty I think when I very first started out, I wasn't good at um, being able to present myself quickly to people. So that's something I learned how to do quicker. Like meeting you today or coming here, like I wouldn't have pushed myself forward to talk to people. I would have done that a bit differently and had a bit more confidence in what I'm doing. But I don't know if you can really do that differently until you've gone through it, you know. Uh,
2: I guess it's part of that process that you've gone through though, firstly being prepared to reveal this talent that you have. Yeah. Sharing your songs, then putting yourself out there. Yeah. There there must be something quite inherent in that kind of character who has your thoughts and your creativity that you just want to get out there. Yeah, yeah you think you would have done it if it hadn't been for lockdown?
0: Gosh, I don't... I, yeah, I don't know. And I, I think I would have eventually, but I think definitely lockdown gave me a real kick up the bum for a lot of reasons, and a lot of things changed for me. It was like kind of like a, what are you doing with your life? I, yeah, I think I would have, but maybe not as quickly. And I, honestly, I think it was lockdown and joining that songwriting group was really the two key things that gave me that final this is possible for you feeling, like it's not... I think the music world can seem really like magic or not not penetrable when, you don't, when you're on the outside of it and it looks like everyone knows what they're doing and for everyone's friends and they don't like it, you know all that stuff but actually that was just a little community that came up around me to be like no no you actually can and we'll listen to it and we'll support you and we'll tell people about it so that word of mouth i think is actually really really important
2: how about playing live how do you go about that
0: um, yeah, like, again, that was, again, another big, massive learning curve. It was like, how do you do gigs? Like, how do you get to play a thing? So I put a few on myself for a while, and then I started, yeah, approaching different schools, like, others and that. Um, but that's been really interesting, because I wrote all of these songs with very little to no feedback a lot of people when they write songs they like gig them a little bit and they see what audience reactions are and then they would maybe decide what to put on the record or not. And I had to completely just do that without anyone having heard them live. But it's been really good for me because I'm quite an indecis- indecisive person. So it really taught me to trust my own taste and trust my own, what I think good, which actually really is the most important thing that you're proud of. It. For any piece of art, if, if you have to be proud of it first. And then
2: if other people like it, that's an added bonus. But that can't be why you're doing it. You have to do it for yourself. The Belgium, of course, is huge. You know, I've been wandering about this yeah. place for, for a couple of days, still discovering new places, yeah. new music, new people. Yeah. But it's a real sense of community amongst the artists in particular. Yeah. People are chatting, saying hi, talking about each other's music, what they've been doing. How have you found being part of that, and how important do you think that is to emerging artists?
0: Oh, it's absolutely huge. It's huge. It can get, you know, I'm like, so I'm a solo artist, and I have it. I can play solo, but I also sometimes have a band that I can, when I can, I bring with me, and I love playing with them. But um, it's so important for me to like meet other artists and find out what they're doing and how they're doing it, and have us introduce each other to people and just feel less alone with it all and have fun and, and enjoy each other's company. Like, I think for me, we were talking with some other artists before actually like the meaning of success and what does it mean to you to be successful. And I think for me, it's definitely about feeling connected to other people through it. The festivals are really, really, really important for that. So we need to keep keep saving our Scottish festivals.
2: Who have you been able to see in your time here that's really impressive?
0: Uh, we went to elephant sessions yesterday. <laughs> Dad Star little sucks off. It was absolutely amazing. Um, who else did we see yesterday that I really liked? <laughs> Rachel Sermani, that's who, thank goodness. we saw her, she was absolutely
3: excellent.
2: The Elfing sessions are a, you know, a great example of this as well because okay. I remember seeing them in the smaller stages, yeah. at you know, Hebkel or uh, I think maybe Killen and Kabbalah yeah. vessels. and now you see yeah, them there. You know, off to Australia doing stuff. They're cutting new tunes. Even here, they seemed not so much more mature, but slicker. You know, they had the big video graphic behind them. They're all sort of dressed in a similar fashion, confident, really working the crowd. Working that crowd endlessly, and it was fabulous to see the reaction they got. It was, it was terrific. That interaction you get from a live event like this—that must be.
0: Beautiful oh, as an artist. huge, yeah, it's huge. Like, I just can't even believe people come. <laughs> I'm still like, wow, like, these people have chosen to spend their time and energy, uh, like, listen to me sing my songs and be interacting and maybe bopping ahead and laughing at my silly jokes in between the songs. And yeah, it's just the most wonderful feeling. It really, really is. And like I love music so I know why I do it for bands that I love but when it's you up there it does feel like such a genuine honor to be like in that position where people are like there for you it's really really cool and you hope that you're offering something that it must mean you know it's a two-way process but yeah elephant sessions last night they, they are really good at that and they're just so tight and like their melodies are class I could go on like forever.
2: I love the positivity that comes from me when you talk about why you're doing it how you're doing it what you've managed to achieve has there been anything you found that's been particularly difficult within the industry that you wish you'd known about or wish you could just phone somebody say how do i
0: i mean every single step of the process (laughs) yeah i mean even like at one point setting up my band camp i was like oh please someone do this for me or like finding out how prs works or ppl or like who do you email I mean every single step of it I've been like, this is another thing I have to learn how to do. So that has been really difficult, but I've always had people... No, there's been a few times I really didn't know who to ask, but... I think think actually doing the graft of working all of that out does leave you with a sense of confidence that you can now. Like, I do definitely feel it now that I will be able to learn the next thing I need to learn, wherever that is that comes along.
2: You've got EPs, you've got albums, yeah. you've done the festival. Yeah. What, what's next on the journey?
0: I've got a few more shows in the summer lined up and then I'm starting to like write a few wee uh, songs with other people at the moment. Um, So hopefully they come good and we'll get to share them. Some
2: what kind I- of people?
0: Oh, I can't say. Oh, you can't. I can't say. No, I can't say. I will, but... um. I'm really hoping they come good. I really hope they come good and that they get put out there, because I, I think it'll be good. And if then, if uh, you can't
2: say who they are, I could see say how that came about?
0: Yeah, I think this is the best thing about actually, again, a motivation for releasing your music first, because I do t- totally believe if you write a song in your room and no one ever hears it, that's still art and it's still a song, it's no less, it's no more valuable if other people hear it. But the positive side of going through the process of putting it out into the world is, they to, I'm like, this is my music, do you, I think we'd work well together, do you want to write together? And people come back and be like, yes, so nice, it's just really, really nice. That's how that came about, yeah. Just direct messaging being like, I love what you do, this is what I do, do you think maybe a collab would work? Yeah. And
2: it's it quite comforting, that idea that you don't have to do it alone?
0: Yeah, it is quite comforting, it is quite comforting. And like, I love writing, but I really like co-writing. And as I said, I'm a community musician, so I've done co-writing in like sort of community settings um, with different people in different situations, um, and that's—I love that process of like something that's made by people coming maybe from different life experiences or musical backgrounds or whatever, and creating something that I would never have created on my own.
2: What inspires your writing?
0: Uh, mostly me being confused about the world and my life and trying to figure out how I'm feeling about something. But I'm very, very, very inspired by, like, I love trees, I love being in the sea, I love nature, I love being out in it. I get a lot more clarity and comfort from that often than I do from people. <laughs> so, um, that inspires me to write. and. Yeah, honestly, I think for me, it's just this, this like energy, this impulse that like I have to get it out. It's just like a, it just has to happen, to be well, and happy
2: in my life. If you had to describe, and this is a horrible question to ask anyone, but if you had to describe your genre without pigeonholing yourself, to, um, to somebody coming across your music for the first time, what would you say?
0: I think it's alternative folk. It's not indie folk, I think it's alternative folk. I've had a, a very kind reviewer said that it's like Catherine Joseph, but with with the intentions of Bonnie Bear, So I think what they were trying to say is like, it's a bit like Catherine Joseph, but I'm trying to push what folk can be and sound like. So that's how I describe it.
2: <laughs> what was the music of your youth? And Ooh. do you still carry it with you? Does it still inspire you?
0: My favorite band ever when I was like, Fourteen, fifteen was an Irish band called The Frames. And I think they do, I've actually only realised now how much that they've inspired me, because me and my best friend went to see them on like 20 something anniversary tour gig thing in Belfast. And hearing them again at this age now, I've written my own songs. Like they play with, they they do that same thing. I think they call themselves indie folk rock, but they play with genres and they pigeon themselves into doing one thing and they play with, time signatures and space and, like, structure and they don't sort of... And yet they're so catchy and they're so, like, boppy around too. So I I just love that band and I will... That's probably a cornerstone band for me.
2: Do you have a favourite Frames shoot?
0: That's too hard. That's so hard. But if if people haven't heard of the Frames, they've got a live album called Revelate, which is always the album I send to people first because... Their records are good and I like them, but it's not the same as seeing them live. Like they have a certain like larger-than-life energy and they just love it and they put everything they can into it. Have you
2: been fortunate know. enough to meet them yet or is that no. still on the to-do list?
0: I think I might just like fall over if I met them. <laughs> I'm not very good at meeting people I admire. But your man, it's Glenn Hansard, so people might know that name, Glenn Hansard. He did once and he, um, yeah, he's amazing. He does solo work as well. But hopefully
2: one day I'll get to do that. That'd be cool. I think they are doing their reboot as well, aren't they? Some new material maybe. come from that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So that's, I think that's maybe due out in the next year or so, so oh, that'll be exciting. Oh, cool.
3: yeah.
2: We asked some questions on this podcast, which is just for a bit of fun as much as anything else. But one of them is would you attend an exclusive album launch or a festival? Would I attend an exclusive? Oh. That's really
0: hard festival just because you have more options.
2: Favourite food or rider?
0: Anything that's chocolate based, chocolates and nuts together, anything that's got that.
2: If you could collaborate with anyone alive or dead on a project what or who would it be?
0: I would love to write with Clem Hazard from the Friends. <laughs> yeah that would be incredible.
2: A shout out to Glenn then. Please. Yeah. <laughs> one day. Restaurant, cinema or lazy Sunday brunch?
0: Cinema. Last film you saw? We went to see the Where's Anderson one. What was that called? What was that called? Space
2: something? Space. Yeah. Are you a digital addict or can you switch off?
0: I can switch off, but things have to be in a tent and I have to be out in the world. If I've got my phone I'm on it.
2: What does life look like after you stop all this?
0: I won't stop all (laughs) this.
2: One artist everyone should be listening to right
0: now. (laughs) Trying to say the names again.
3: Um,
0: Oh there's there's too many, there's too many. favorite artist, she's called Ember Quine but she doesn't have a lot of music out there. Um, Sevka is another amazing artist I would recommend. Like, of Gold Polish artist. Both of them are amazing.
2: Do you have a favorite venue as well?
0: Favorite venue? No. The venues I like the most are kind of like those little weird small intimate things where you're just in a random living room or something like that. Yeah. Um, no I don't have I don't
2: think I do. Do you remember your first kick? Oh. oh
0: my I mean my very first gig is in a band I think was in maybe the Tiki Bar in Glasgow. Uh, with my good friend AJ Meadows. He he, he came over from Mississippi and needed a keys player. I'm very grateful to him actually because he's another person that hadn't played music in four or five years and he got me right back into it. He was one of the first people to be like, oh, this is just a thing you can do that's small and local and manageable and fun.
2: What does it feel like when you step on the stage after something like that?
0: Uh, the first one, you mean? Yeah. After not playing for a while, it felt terrifying. <laughs> I was absolutely terrified, but really good. like. Yeah, I think that ignited that thing in me again, of like, oh, I, ha- I actually need this, I have to do this. This is what's not, what's been missing. Were you
2: buzzing afterwards? I was
0: totally buzzing, yeah, yeah, I was absolutely buzzing. And my favourite, I, a friend came to see it, and the first thing they said, they're like, wow, you've got a really nice singing voice, especially compared to the way you talk. <laughs>
2: <It's> like, That's, <laughs> That's a backhanded compliment <laughs> if I ever have heard <laughs> on you that. It was funny, yeah. From where you started until now, What's been the good stuff in between?
0: Uh, The people, the people I've met, the wonderful places I've got to travel to, the opportunities to be in places like this. Um, I've made so many friends. I've, you know, chatted to people I really admire. I've jumped up and down like a mad thing in the fields and just had a really good time. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing.
2: Okay, and with? What you've learned so far, what's been the best piece of advice or help in hand you've been given you would share with other people?
0: The best advice, I will go back to the Blind Boy podcast. Um, I highly recommend that for any creative. I started at the start and I worked my way through all of them. And he taught, he's an Irish uh, songwriter, novelist, um, he makes his podcast now, he's written, he's done loads. I really took away from was that playing with Lego thing of like when you're creating, the critical part of you can't be there. You have to let yourself be as carefree, and it's hard to get there. But let yourself play. Don't judge yourself. That comes later. That's a different process, and that's just helped me write the songs I love now. To just so I've been so grateful for that. And the second thing that um, he talks about, which sticks with me all the time, is like feeding your subconscious. So. You're like not making tunes or writing or whatever your creative kind of practice is it's okay to go out into the world and like feed your brain with life or watch your favorite soaps on the telly or do whatever you need to do because that stuff will percolate in there and it will come back out again and in your eye um, so it's given me a lot of balance in how i approach things
2: and where can people discover more of your music
0: i'm everywhere so they can go to my website which is my There's no other My Mamaros, so if you just Google me, I'll pop up. It's me standing in a lake, I think, or on a, in a field. You can find out more about me there.
2: The unique My Mamaro. thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, this has been lovely.
2: The
1: good stuff's in between the lines My thoughts and my feelings Still tell a
2: thousand lies This has been the Good Stuff In Between podcast. Huge thanks indeed to Mima for agreeing to come on the show literally seconds after her performance at Belladrum. The show is written, edited and produced by myself, Sean Milne at Scoog Media. Our title track, Nothing's Going to Bring Me Down, appears courtesy of Willie Campbell. You can discover more of his great music at willycampbell.co.uk you can follow us on Instagram and on LinkedIn, like good stuff in between. And if you or someone you know is interested in taking part, please do drop us a DM. Next episode's been edited now, so please watch out for that dropping in the coming weeks. Till then, thanks for listening.
1: I disconnected from the power. Forgot to switch myself back on The good stuff's in between the lines My thoughts and my feelings Still tell a thousand lies But now you're taking away my sorrow You're taking away my fear We're not promised tomorrow So let me hold you close, my dear The past while we're building for tomorrow. Nothing's gonna bring me down. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nothing's gonna bring me down. No thinking about the past.